It is a privilege to be back with you again this morning, opening God's Word. Um, It has just been a joy for me, and I appreciate your being here in attendance. Appreciate you online as well, that you would make the time to worship from the sincerity of your own heart, and then be trained by the teaching and the righteousness of God's Word. Dustin is in Nebraska at this point, the new lead pastor, and he and his family are getting ready to move here and be a part of you and As I told some of the people earlier this morning, um, then you'll have somebody to blame everything on, and that'll be wonderful, won't it? No. (laughs) 42 years I've been able to lead churches, and I'll tell you what, when the church is working right, there's nothing better. And when the church isn't working right, that's when you get to blame the lead pastor, okay? I'll tell you, we who are mature in Christ need to walk through every adventure, whether it's good or the not so good, because God has a purpose behind each one of those things. And what we need to do is then find where he wants us to be, where he wants us to go. And Dustin has entered into a series of between the trapezes, and and I appreciate that. Because since March the 11th, we've been between, between the trapezes. We're able to worship before that and to come here and to encourage one another, and then all of a sudden, We're in the air, just flying through. We're not sure where it's going to land. But we know who's on the other end of that and who's going to catch us. And so all of this time in the air, it just what I wanted to speak to was God's relationship with us and why it is that he would want us to even gather. Okay, I think it's important for us to just spend a few moments this morning. What does the Word of God say about being together? as the family of God. And so we're going to go there in just a moment. Would you bow with me in prayer for now? Father, thank you so much for calling us together. You call us apart from the world because the world has one direction that it wants to go, but Father, you'd usually want us to go a different one. Narrow is the path. Straight is the way. So it's going to be a little different than most of the people we see every day. Thank you for this time together. Guide us by your Holy Spirit that what it is you need for each one of us to hear and to learn and to put into practice, that we will know what that is. just might be one line. It just might be one thing. But impress on us by your Holy Spirit, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I always like to start with the Word of God and Hebrews. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, I want to begin in Hebrews in chapter 10. We'll look at verses 19 through 25. And I just want us to see what he says about our being together. You see, God has not just created us for relationship. He has hardwired us that way. We really are. I mean, to have a relationship with him created in his image, that's one thing. To have a relationship with one another, that's the other part of that. And when we have to distance and when we have to do online, when we have to do all these other things, the distance kind of seems to grow. And so there's a purpose that God has said behind this that I want you to meet together because there is value in that. Look with me in verse 19. Therefore, and as a teacher told me a long, long time ago, if you ever see a therefore, stop and look and see what it is there for, okay? Okay. 
So he has talked for about nine chapters about Jesus, how he fulfills the Old Testament, all the promises that were coming up to him, and now we don't have to do all the things that were in the Old T. I mean, Jesus is the fulfillment of all of that, and he's going to go there, just kind of summarize it, and then he's going to tell us, therefore. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place, by the blood of Jesus, by a new and a living way opened for us through the curtain, that is his body. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, therefore, he says, now I want to pause there for a moment. They only had one high priest a year that could go behind that curtain, that veil. They had to have a sacrifice first. He had to bathe himself in the laver, in the laver water in which he immersed himself pure water. We're going to see that come up here in a moment. He had the sacrifice both for himself and his family, and then he sacrificed on behalf of others, and he would take that blood and he would sprinkle it in front of him as he went into the holy place. Only one time a year could he go behind that curtain, but not without blood. And what he's saying is Jesus has done all of that. Therefore, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings. Having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from the guilty conscience. Having our bodies washed with pure water. And let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on to love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. What God is this meeting for, let us draw near. It's the idea that my whole life is, is to worship God. I don't care if it's Monday or if it's Sunday. When I get up in the morning, I want to recognize that this is a brand new day that God has given me to live, and I want to live it with him in this day. But when we come to a Sunday, the first day of the week in which we set it aside in order to be able to worship with one another, now we're coming near to God as a body of Christ, and there's something valuable that happens when we do that in sincerity and confidence. You see, I now have confidence because before that, before I was saved, before I gave my life to Jesus Christ, I knew my sin and I knew God's holiness. And I had no right to be in his presence. But now that Jesus has paved the way and I have received forgiveness, now I have that confidence the other part of that is with the genuineness and with the sincerity of heart. God knows the fakers. They're not going to make it. There needs to be a confidence, but there also needs to be a sincerity of heart, and that balances out one another. And God knows the difference. So when we come to him with that kind of, of attitude, then we can hold on faithfully. We remember God's promises. You know, it was amazing that we're just singing about the promises of God. It was amazing to me that that's what Scott's devotion was about for the Lord's Supper. The promises of God. He has been so faithful in the past. We know he's going to be faithful in the future. And I have that kind of confidence, not in myself, but in him. 
So I remember his promises, but then I can also encourage one another. When we come together, it is to be a, a time to encourage one another. I love hugging. How many of you love hugging? I'm, I'm serious now, okay? How many of you would rather not? You're just not a hugger. Come on. And we've got some of those, and that's fine. That's the way you were built. That's the way you were made, and I'm fine with that. And before March the 11th, I had a handle on who liked to be hugged and who doesn't, you know? Some will give you the five, and some will give you an elbow, and some. And now it just all got thrown up in the air again, right? All right, I hug. I, I find myself asking permission. Whereas before, I just did it. And then I found out if somebody didn't like it, I didn't do it again. <laughs> but we're built for relationship, to encourage one another. And that's one way that I am encouraged, and I feel like I encourage others. We have to be able to eyeball each other. We have to be able to sit together and worship together. We, we need to be able to, to just say, this is my life. It's not perfect, but neither is yours, but we're headed the same direction. And, and when I can do that with people, then I can begin to really love them as Christ wants me to. That's the value of getting together. There's a reason why David said, and I was glad when they said, let us go to the house of the Lord. Let us go. There was something in that for David. He could go any day of the week that he wanted to. That's not the problem, but let us go. There's something of value there. And all the more as you see the day approaching. The day, as used by Paul in various places, the day, he's talking about the final day, the day of judgment, the day in which we stand face to face with our Lord and Savior. And all the more as you see the day approaching. Now, two things that I want to do with this. I want to treat it as a family. Okay, what do we get out of this as a family of God? And then personally, how do, how do I do something about this? With what I see in God's word, what do I do with this in a practical way? So let's be family friendly for a little bit. We are the household of faith. John Wesley said, when you come together, preachers, light yourself on fire with passion, and people will come from miles to watch you burn. That's what he said. I love it. I love it. Now, that means that the guy that's delivering the word ought to do it in such a way that it makes a difference, that he says it's made a difference in my life, and it can in yours too. And that's what we're about. But you know what? Then, when you go out into the world, they need to see a believer that also burns with passion. They need to see that there's a fire inside of you. I'm not a closet Christian. I'm not just somebody who believes and really doesn't do, but I have a passion for Jesus Christ. Acts 2.42 says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and to prayer. God knew that we needed fellowship. He knew. Now, those who are at home and online and and, and listening to this, there are some of you that needed to stay home. And I understand that. I do. There are those who are more at risk and need to be more cautious. But when we can get together, do so. 
And when you're not together, your heart ought to ache because you miss the family. They devoted themselves. They were committed to this. And 2 Timothy says this, all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. The Word of God, as it is preached, a young man once asked me, he said, how come you don't yell at us more? I said, what do you mean yell at us more? He said, well, I grew up in a church in which the preacher would just yell at us. Come on, you need to do it right, you know, and he'd just yell at them. And I said, well, you know, sometimes as a father, I needed to get on my kids. I needed to yell at them. I needed to wake them up. But if my whole relationship with them was one of yelling, then something's wrong with that relationship. I want to be with and encourage and teach And every once in a while, I need to rebuke and correct. But the main thing is, is that we want training in righteousness. Now, most of us want that, or you wouldn't be tuning in and you wouldn't be here. Most of us want that. But sometimes it's kind of tough. My granddaughter and I decided that we would do a zip line. How many of you have ever done the zip line, huh? Huh? Come on. Three of you? Are you serious? Okay, maybe six of you. It was awesome. We went to this one farm. They were doing this harvest thing, you know, October, and they had three zip lines running on this thing. My granddaughter and I took this thing on. We're standing in line 45 minutes to be able to get this opportunity to go up and do the zip line, okay? As we're there, we're watching people. They, they go up this kind of, it was, it was almost like a swinging bridge. You had to walk up. Had ropes to hold on, and you're walking up this thing, and a little shaky. And as we're standing there, we'd see some people sliding down on their backsides, you know, and uh, this is too high, this is too much for me. And we kept looking at each other, we're not doing that. Three of them up there. So we finally get to the top, and we decided we're going down at the same time. So I told the girl that was hooking me up and everything, I said, we're going to go as soon as she goes. And all of a sudden, Lauren took that step off, and she took off, and I took off. And tell you what, that was awesome. Just taking that step of faith and trusting everything that's there. And as we're going down, we're looking at each other and just yelling at each other and laughing and having a good time. And we got down to the bottom of this thing. They unhook us, and wasn't that awesome? And we're talking about the experience. I I, I turned to her and said, Lauren, I said, wasn't it hard Stepping off the platform, just taking that first step. She turned to me and she said, Grandpa, I couldn't do it. I couldn't step off. I said, what do you mean? She said, it just scared me so much that I turned around and I asked the girl to give me a push. Isn't that awesome? And so she pushed her, and I took off, and we're just having a ball. Sometimes, as believers in Christ, we need a push. We want to do it. We want to do the right things, and so we receive the teaching, sometimes the rebuking, and then with that, followed up by correcting the course. But we're always training in righteousness. And sometimes when we get together, we just need that push. 1 Timothy 4 says, watch your lifestyle and your doctrine closely. 
Persevere in them, because if you do, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. We need to watch our lifestyle. And when we're out in the world, the lifestyle of those who are going the wide path leading to destruction, sometimes it infiltrates my thinking process and yours. Sometimes it makes us envious because sin is pleasurable, or nobody would be doing it. Paul says sin is pleasurable, but only for a season, only for a short time. And sometimes we kind of get into the mindset, and then we come back together as a body of Christ. And we watch our lifestyle. But we also watch our teaching, our doctrine. He said, persevere in them, because if you do, you will save yourself, which means you need to remain faithful. You cannot quit. Seven letters to seven churches in the book of Revelation, every one of them says, to he who overcomes, I will give this. Not to the quitter. You need to remain faithful in your doctrine and your lifestyle. I was told once that when you get up to preach, make sure you get up to preach to those who are disturbed. Make sure you comfort them. There are those of us through the week who live in anxiety and the stress, and we come back, we just need to breathe. We've been hurt. We just need healing. But there are those who have gone through the week and they just are too comfortable. And they need to be disturbed. When we look at the Word of God, that's what happens. There is very little else that goes on in the world and says, you need to examine yourself. And weekly, we get to do this. In the taking of the Lord's Supper and listening to the Word of God. Well, in practical ways... How can we put this into practice? I heard a story a long time ago about a man who was blind and deaf, basically. He was older and, and couldn't get around like he used to. And so it would take him a half an hour to get dressed in the morning. He'd make his way to the car and his wife would help him in. And he would get to the church. And he'd walk in, couldn't hardly see anybody, couldn't hardly hear what was going on. And then on his way out, just kind of working with his wife, helping him. And, and somebody asked him one day, why do you go to all that trouble? All that trouble of getting ready, all that trouble. You can't hardly hear a thing. You can't hardly see a thing. Why do you even go? His answer, well, at least they know whose side I'm on. How you like that? I like it. You see, when you get together as a body of Christ, as a family, we know whose side you're on. Not only that, but I need to remember whose side I'm on. Like I said, sometimes that world gets tempting. We remember whose side we're on. The question that was asked by Joshua, do you remember when Joshua had taken the reins, Moses has died, Joshua is leading them across. And in chapter 1, I think it says four different times, do not be afraid. I know Moses is a hard act to follow, but don't be afraid. You're going to lead these people into the promised land. And so finally he's getting up this courage. And 
about four or five chapters into the book of Joshua, all of a sudden he's meeting a man who stands in front of him, huge man. He's got this sword in his hand. Joshua walks right up to him and he says, are you for us or are you for our enemies? I love the answer. He says, neither. But as the commander of the armies of the Lord have I come. Whoa. Joshua thought he was going to be leading them. Actually, it's this captain of the host of the Lord that's leading. But look at what he said. I'm not on your side and I'm not on their side. Neither. Because God created each. There's a household of faith. But we go out into the world that Jesus Christ died for as well. And they need to know. And the Holy Spirit is working with conviction on them also that they may accept the Christ so that their sins can be forgiven and they can stand in front of God in confidence. They need to know that it's neither one or the other, it's both. We are in the battle for the souls of men. We just are. I've had a privilege, belonged to a workout group and before COVID hit, um, I haven't been working out as much lately. But I was in a workout group, and we'd do some other things there as well. And there were some teaching units that would happen. And for three straight months, there were those from the LGBTQ plus community that was going to come in and teach on what it means to be. And I met with the director of, and I said, you know what, I am really interested in this topic. I would love to, to not just be in the class, but I would like to meet with the presenters as well. Boy, he was really cautious about. I said, I just want to get to know them. And I did that. We sat down for a lunch together one day. For an hour, we got to just share life's stories. And I got to care about them, and we got to be on the same playing field as far as caring and sharing. And so I sat in two of the classes that they presented, the third class. They knew where I was coming from. They knew what I believed in. But it gave me an opportunity that about 30, 40 minutes into the class, they're saying, you know, we are so much like the bonobo monkey. And they were going on about that, similarities between us and how the monkey and that we have developed and, create and, and, and just become an accident and product of evolution. And when they were done, I, I simply said this. I said, you know, and to the rest of the class, I said, these two presenters know me. We have sat down and we've had lunch together. And so they know the viewpoint that I have. So this is not going to be a surprise to them. But I have a different belief. I believe that God has created us in his image on purpose. We're not an accident. We might be like a whole lot of other animals within the world, but we are the only ones that he created in his image, sent his son to die for, and wants us to live with him for an eternity. That's where I'm coming from. And so with that in mind, I have purpose in every day of my life. Afterwards, 
one of the ladies, as we were sharing near the end, she said, you know what? With this young man, she called me young. She really did. What this young man over here said, I appreciate because I come here to hear differences of opinion so I can weigh them against what I'm already thinking. That's who we should be. Not attacking, but saying, you know, there's a better way. This is my commitment. This is my devotion. I have a God whose promises have been fulfilled all along the way. And he's got one more big one left for me. And he's waiting for me. And it can be yours too. As we live, we need to encourage one another. As we live, we need to present a living, loving God that the rest of the world needs to know. And if you're outside of Christ, you do not need to be. All that needs to happen is to say, I'm willing. What's the next step? Would somebody please show me? You can call or text this church. You can get together with one of the leaders, and they will help you from where you are to where you need to be. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you that even when life is unsettled, we know that there is a God. There is a God who loves and cares for us so much. It gives me purpose. It, I, I don't have to live trying to squeeze as much out of this life as I can. I can live in a giving fashion. That's different. That's what people need to see in the world. So, Father, help us as a church to be encouragers for one another that when we live this life seven days a week, people will know we're committed, we're devoted to a living, loving God. In Jesus' name, amen.